0: For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. <laughs> hello and welcome to chn radio episode 171 i'm your host greg troxel you can follow me at nufc underscore greg follow the podcast at chn underscore podcasts and follow elijah newsom at elijah underscore newsom and then follow the main account at coming home and ufc now we have a little international break which gave us a a little bit of a break between the depressing thing that is Newcastle United. We're about to jump right it back into the depression, uh, thanks to the Chronicle, uh, some and this impending fixture coming up against Spurs. Uh, but before we get into all that, uh, let's let's bring in the most anticipated guest of all time, it's the best Coast in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are you, dear sir?
1: Um, you know I'm alive and well. Uh, <laughs> a crazy couple of uh, days. Um, but you know it's always good to take a break from life and record uh, a good podcast with with my my good friend Greg. Um, hey, That's if you're cool. an if you're an American, and I guess this applies to people in the UK, and you haven't been vaccinated, what you doing? If you can get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was appropriate to do on this podcast, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Cause your boy got penetrated this past weekend with the vaccine, of course. Um, nothing else, and so I would highly recommend it. It was an, a fun experience. I sound stuffy, but that's because it's pollen season in the south. And if you if you know where I'm from, you know what it is, you know what it'd be. Yeah, you know about that pollen life. People move to Georgia, like this is a legit. People move to Georgia with no seasonal allergies, and then they move here and they get seasonal allergies because our pollen count is like consistently in the thousands. Like
0: I've never seen cars coated in yellow before.
1: Yeah. uh, Until I moved to Georgia. So that, that is true. And mind you, I had been inside all day today and I went outside for legitimately like two minutes, like less than that. And I started sounding like I'd been sick for years. So uh, yeah. Anyway, excited to talk a little pod, a little, sorry, excited to talk a little Newcastle on the pod. Um, and hey check out the site we're doing good stuff our, our boys Aaron and Alex are putting in work our boy Batman's Milkman after every match is giving you the stats and the hashtag stats uh, everyone's putting in work it's it's a good time Greg it's a good time
0: yeah yeah there's tons of stats tons of articles and y'all should definitely check that out um, you know th- this is th- a critical time for New- Newcastle United this is the last break before the end of the season that they have. It's a straight run in from this point on. So uh, let's dive into it. Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. First bit that we need to talk about. It's a little bit of Steve Bruce. Um, So this is just the hilarity ensues, but um, this is what I'm reading from the telegraph. And this was this past Monday uh, that Steve Bruce will not be sacked by Newcastle, despite a frantic day of meetings. And uh, 95% of survey fans want Steve Bruce fired. That's from 14,000 fans that were asked in a Chronicle poll. Bruce is determined not to quit. And the club is showing no desire to remove him either. Uh, but the Steve Bruce had a series of talks at the training ground on Monday, including with managing director Lee Charnley. But the club showed no sign of any desire to remove Bruce. Many key figures at the club are now expressing a growing belief that Bruce will stay in charge until the end of the season, while the manager is believed to have stressed his determination to continue, despite intense and sustained criticism from both of both him and owner Mike Ashley. Bruce has thought long and hard about his position since the Brighton defeat, but is adamant he will not walk away from that fight and does not feel this this is the important quote right here and does not feel there is anyone who can replace him who would do a better job in the current circumstances wow (laughs) that's a
1: quote for the ages
0: uh as as i'll continue uh because i think it's worth it as a result the 60 year old will not yield in the face of supporter and local media pressure to quit Sources close to the former Manchester United captain have strenuously denied he is only saying because he is waiting for the payoff that will come if he is sacked. The compensation amount is thought to be in the reign of four million pounds. But Bruce, Bruce, and I quote, does not need the money and intends to still be in charge of the team at the start of next season, having
1: kept them in the Premier League. Elijah, break it down for me. There, that's a lot to break down i'm not gonna lie there there's a lot of things that were i, I wouldn't even say they're red flags anymore because we kind of know what we're getting with with the bruce situation <laughs> uh it is wild that fourteen thousand fans participated in the chronicle thing yeah like i think that is wild honestly uh which speaks volumes another kind of tidbit related to this i didn't know where to fit this in uh, <laughs> but there was a report that came out today uh yeah, today, meaning this is Tuesday when we're recording this, uh, from Henry Winter. Actually, it was a couple days ago. Uh, Henry Winter uh, <laughs> said that there's one club out of all the clubs that is wants to delay the return of fans to the stadium until next season, uh, you know, for organizational reasons. And people are sort of connecting the dots. and like, there's only one club out there that is, like, having fans – back at matches would negatively impact our situation. And that's definitely Newcastle. Um, I cannot imagine what would happen if fans were allowed back in St. James's park uh, ahead of this season in the middle of a relegation battle, having not been able to express their, their concerns with Steve Bruce, even if it was like legit a thousand fans. Wow. I don't, I mean, it would be something. Uh, so um Yeah, like, uh, yeah. So I'm, I don't know. It's it's Steve Bruce, uh, and it's you get what you get. Um, Yes, not a great. He's not a great manager. Uh, He thinks he is, but yeah, he's one for he's one for the books with quotes.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. It's 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 pretty amazing at this point. Uh, Like I just always I. Just the quote does not – he does not feel that there's anyone who can replace him who would do a better job in the current circumstances. So, like, I mean, the guy just thinks he's –
1: he's the tits. You know what's crazy? Like, there was a point where, like, for – it honestly was for about a couple months, Steve Bruce was likable. Like, it was fun. Around the the bacon time? The bacon time. And, like, that also was followed by him, like (laughs) – that was really funny, but also spirits were high because I'm pretty sure this was also around the time takeover stuff started happening. And so, like, in Newcastle were a decent run of form, but I remember like another big Steve Bruce like likable moment was when, uh, you know, Ke- he he like basically like tried to recruit Kevin De Bruyne ahead of the Man City match. It was like, oh yeah, come on, come on over to Newcastle. Like that was fun. And now it's like it's really hard to find a moment where like. You can be like, dang, Steve Bruce, good guy. Like, even after Newcastle, even if like if Newcastle goes on a run of form and secures safety and blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera, it's gonna be it's absolutely insufferable, like what we're gonna have to experience if Steve Bruce secures safety. Like it's gonna be so bad. But it will be worth it because we're still in the Premier League. Yeah, it will be worth it. And and for the most part, we will ignore it, like we typically do and make fun of it because that's what we do. But it's just going to be it's going to be an all time low for Newcastle Twitter because they'll be like, "Gosh, this guy stinks." <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: going to the next thing, just this one real quick. Happy birthday, Jetro. Um, and then now let's go into the next one. Uh, Dwight Gale, pretty interesting here. This came from the Athletic also on Monday uh, that Newcastle have reached an agreement on an extension that will keep Dwight Gale in Newcastle through or no until 2024. Um so it's you can think you can understand why Newcastle would do this because I mean I I mean he hasn't played much at all but you think like just tie down an asset that first team player or make him part of the plan for if we do go to the championship you know he can succeed there. Uh but the interesting part is like that, and that's what I saw most people's solutions go to. Oh, yeah, you know, it's asset in case we go to the championship. But the player also has to sign the contract. And that's the interesting part about this. Like, why, why would Dwight Gale stay in Newcastle um and continue this, especially if we do go to the Premier League? I guess you could say, like, maybe he's anticipating a post-Bruce era or post-Ashley era, but still like. I mean, what, what about this makes Dwight Gale want to stay in Newcastle? That's what I want to focus on more.
1: One word for you, Greg. Yes. Wages, 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 wages. I think that's the one thing that you always can can point back to when you look at why does this player extend with Newcastle? Why, like, Fabian Cher is a good example of this, where, like, I'm curious to see what he does after this summer. The guy has proved that he can be a competent center back at the highest level in premier league it's highest level meaning like he's in considered in air quotes the best league so i'm serious i'm curious to see what he does here because like newcastle as stingy as like we give them that moniker for being they notoriously overpay players <laughs> like it's it's like like we always talk about oh like, we couldn't yeah, get it over the line because we didn't want to give them the wages but then you look at the wages of like a yoshinori muto or like A Joe Linton or like anyone who's like, why is this person making this much money? And like Newcastle has overpaid so many guys, and it's to their own detriment. Like they literally cannot sell players because they've paid them so much that like the players like I'm not going to leave this club or reach an agreement with any other club because no one's going to be able to match the sixty thousand pounds you're paying me per week to literally train with the U23s. Like no Um, one's going to match that.
0: Spin zone. Okay, Castle don't have an overpaying problem. They have a scouting problem and they're paying fairly based on what their scouts think those players are capable of. But,
1: uh, again, <laughs> but that would also then translate back to overpaying because if everyone else knows the value... Then it's like you're overpaying. It's like when you <laughs> when you buy a car, like say no, 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 everyone shopping.
0: else doesn't know the value. D, our our scouts know the true value of this. Yeah,
1: part. but I mean, it's it's very akin to buying a car, and it's like, oh yeah, like look at this 06 Camaro. It's sure. sweet. Yeah, it's got 400,000 miles on it. And anyone would stay away from a car with 400,000 miles on it. But I they swear, it runs cars. like a
0: 100,000 miles on it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're just like, I'll give you 15 grand for this 06 Camaro. And even the owner is shocked that you'd pay that much money for it. That's Newcastle yeah. in a nutshell. But like... Um, great,
0: you'll pay how much for this Camaro?
1: <laughs> like right now, Dwight Gale is... And, and, and like in all seriousness, right now, Dwight Gale is making 40,000 pounds a week in Newcastle. It's it's hard for me to imagine another team that would pay Dwight Gale that much money. Would you this
0: for forty thousand dollars a week?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, especially when you're older. Like like Dwight Gale's like twenty nine. Well, I want to say. Uh,
0: we don't need to say older like that. Uh,
1: okay, older in and you. In, in, oh, sorry, older in his career in terms of like like it's not like Dwight Gale's twenty four. He's, old, he's and, older than you. Let's just say that. Okay, Dwight Gill's older than me. Um, not a lot of time left as a professional footballer. Maybe, um,
0: maybe, because he's still young, a young, ripe 29.
1: He is a young, ripe no, he's 31. He's 31. Oh, that's even worse, Greg. No, it's,
0: it's fine. 31, like I've never felt better. I'm 32, you know?
1: Yeah, again, but again, you're 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 professional, career, athletes, yes, you're, I but get but it. But again, you're in the opposite situation of Dwight Gale. You're 32, you're you're vying for the prime earning times of your career. Dwight Gale's already past that. <laughs> so like at this point, there's not much more he can do in his footballing career. So like I wouldn't be at, like, he like, I don't know. His ceiling, as we've determined, I think everyone can agree with this. Dwight Gale is a great championship striker. Like he's not going to be a Sergio Aguero. Like he's not going to be one of the the greats yeah. in Premier League. He's not going to be a great in La Liga. So I'm completely fine if I'm Dwight Gale. You're not even going to be making, a Sergio, making.
2: No, no, no. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm completely fine if I'm Dwight Gale getting like a forty five thousand pound a week deal to ride the bench, come in when needed. Yeah. And obviously, it's frustrating as a player. But here's the beautiful thing about being a premier, a player in the Premier League at 45 pounds, 45,000 pounds a week, and being a striker, and having just still that. Well, hey, remember when Dwight Gale scored 29 goals? It was the championship, but he did it. Like he's always gonna have that out, where it's like if he wants to play more, he's gonna have the opportunity to play more and go somewhere else and move. He's not DeAndre Yedlin, where it's like you know, no one really cares about right backs or or even center backs. But strikers, like no matter what they've done, people will take one season from a striker and be like, okay, we can get that version of Andy Carroll. I'm not going to say that's what Newcastle thought, but you don't pay a guy that much money uh, <laughs> upwards of potentially up to 75,000 pounds a week if you don't think he can get back to the levels he was four seasons ago. i um, um, just –
0: an update on that: uh, Ivan Tony has 28 goals and nine assists in 36 matches. So, next question: Is Ivan Ivan Tony better or worse than Dwight Gale
1: as a championship striker? Yeah. Oh, that's tough because the also thing into consideration: Dwight Gale was managed by Roth Benitez, so like, but also Dwight Gale's been able to—he's been able to pull off insane numbers he regardless did, of manager.
0: He, he did like this you get more. Before Rafa too, he did at uh, what club did he come from? Because he's the West same. Brom. Yeah, no, West no, no, no. Um, he went
1: on loan to West Brom, but with us, Crystal Palace. No, uh, I'm pretty sure he was Palace. No, it was West Brom, dude. Because uh, when he went on loan to West Brom, I'm 90% sure that was his second stint at West Brom. Uh, yeah, you're right uh, with Crystal Palace. Okay, well I'm bugging. He was that you. All right,
0: Palace previous to Newcastle, and then Peterborough before that. But
1: also, like, I will say this about Ivan Tony, Like, I'm not going to say system player, but, like, also was not producing until this year. And so I'm not going to say system player because, like, he might as well just been like this could have been the season where he clicked and, like, things happened. But also, like, Brentford strikers have put up absurd numbers and then gotten sold. So take yeah. that as you may. I would still say, like, if we're looking career-wise, Dwight Gale still the better championship striker. Until I see Ivan Tony like do it multiple times or coming into the Premier League and absolutely wreck it, which again could happen. I'm just gonna point out he did not do it at all until now. Yeah. Um, let's
0: see. Yeah, so he did he scored 23 goals in our championship season in 32 games. Ivan Tony has 28 and 36. So yeah. Ivan Tony definitely a better season than Dwight Count now, and that's pretty impressive. Um so yeah. But yeah, and um, I if, would say one. We get call if we get um, sent down, and Dwight Gale throws another twenty spot up. We'll, we'll be we'll be in good shape again.
1: But but again, like you have to remember, like Dwight Gale again, like the managers he had were just objectively better than Steve Bruce. So yeah, it's cool. it still depends on like who we have managing. Oh, in okay. Season.
0: Hang on, Dwight Gale, not a Premier League striker. Can we agree? Yeah. But a championship striker, which we've obviously agreed on,
1: Steve Bruce, not a Premier League man. Don't go there. Don't go there because it's it's just it's just not true anymore. Like I'm sorry, dude left Aston Villa, made some of the worst signings in recent history. There, like none of all of those guys were like released from Aston. Like they none of them stayed with the team. He leaves Aston Villa, and they immediately get promoted to Premier League. Like that. That is like he leaves they go on an in, insane yeah. run of form like that's that's not that's not great um okay last thing on dwight gale it's not dwight gale related but it is adjacent because of course we're talking about the championship and the potential of newcastle being in the championship i do want to plug alex Pachetti. uh great guy has a, another podcast if you enjoy consuming newcastle content check out the exile jordies they're on all the other platforms as well good podcast um He wrote an article for us talking about Newcastle in the championship. Real quick, Greg, I want to hit, I'm going to give you just some random thoughts. Just like what he said, I want to hear your quick reactions to them uh, real quick. So um, in terms of just some, some, I wouldn't say hot takes, but interesting takes that he's put out here that actually, I mean, I agree with some of these. I don't agree with some of them. Um, okay. I've, I've prepped you for a couple of these, but I'll throw a couple wild cards in there. Uh, mentions card. that we would sell Florian Lejeune. Fabian Shear would probably walk away from the club. I feel like that's sort of realistic for a championship. That's not insane. I do want to br- bring up this point. Um, Kel Watts. Wait, I do want to say it...
0: something on Fabian, though, before we go okay. to Kel. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Fabian is up for renewal. Uh, so he very well could walk. Um, but we need to, he's, we need to resign him, but the club does have a, uh, a one year option at the end of this yeah. year, they won. So if they renew that Fabian can't walk.
1: Yeah. Again, it makes sense, of course. Um, but I would also could see him getting sold this summer, but yeah. that, I mean, that's not I, like, that's not important. The important thing is, um, what I want to drink, uh, bring up to you, uh, Kel Watts, being a bench center back for Newcastle in the championship as someone who is a youth team supporter. Um, we know Kel has been, or well, has been at Plymouth Argyle yep. uh, at league one looked really good at league one. I think you and I would both agree next step for Kel Watts probably next season would be maybe trying his luck in the championship. So if that's what Newcastle does, he deserve that look or are we loading him back out next season?
0: Yeah. So Kel Watts has proven pretty much this entire year that he's up to league one quality Plymouth is I actually haven't checked the table in a little bit but I think they're still doing well in league one I'm checking now and they are in oh no they're starting to drop back a little bit but they're they're safe they're in 16th uh, but he's he's obviously proven to be like he's their first choice center back he did get injured recently I think he should be back this week and he's missed the last two matches but nothing serious it's like a minor hip injury. Um, so, so Kel Watts, I think totally should, should be used as a not everyday starter in the championship, but a every day or every match contributor in the championship. And he can work his way to that by the end of the year for sure. But I think the next step should be a championship. If we're in the premier league, a championship loan spell. And if we're not in the premier league, then playing for us regularly, I would agree.
1: Yeah. I, I would say Kel Watts is in that weird position where the championship, as we know, much more congested fixture list uh, than the premier league. So you're going to have to rotate and he's going to be like first man up, second yeah. man up for when you rotate center backs where it's like Jamal Sells and Karen Clark can't play every game. And you even look at like appearances for all of our players. Like we even mentioned Dwight Gale played 32 matches out of what, like 46 or something like that within yeah. the championship. So it's like, you know, you have to rotate guys. So I could see, Uh, Kel Watts being a 20 appearances throughout the season type of guy appears in about half the matches, maybe starts about 15 or so. I think that's fair. Um, uh, Okay. Here's another one. I'll give you just two or three uh, hot takes from this article. Elliot Anderson given a real chance to play with the first team. That's something Alex suggests could happen if we were in a championship. Again, we're looking at uh, Elliot Anderson being a creative midfielder and assuming that, Alan St. Maxman, Miguel Amneron uh, are gone. Essentially, your creative midfielders that are left are Ryan Fraser and Jacob Murphy, who both have been better as as wingers. So you need sort of a number 10-esque type player. And Elliot Anderson would be one up for consideration in the eyes of Alex. Thoughts on that?
0: He would not be up for consideration. Hopefully, next step for him is a League Two loan spell.
1: Okay. All right. That's that's good to hear. And last one real quick. This is probably the one that's been the most contentious in our uh in our in our sort of slack. Uh Alex claims that uh Callum Wilson is 29 years old, had a couple injuries this season, hamstring injuries, which of course was a big concern from us coming into the season was can he stay healthy? We did uh, talk we yeah. And um, of course there's the potential of, and Alex argues Newcastle could convince Callum to stay for an immediate re-jump back in the premier league. So we'd have a 29 year old Cal Wilson in our team next season championship. Is that realistic or is Alex being a little bit too imaginative here?
0: I, when you told me about this, this is the one you prepped me with and I, I really like the idea of it. Um, and it's because like, Obviously, I like the idea of it because he's a good striker, but I like the idea of it because I could definitely see that happening. It seems like Callum really likes it at Newcastle, and I know he likes the Premier League, but I know his chances are running a little bit dry. However, if he does get an opportunity to play in the Premier League, he's going to take that over Newcastle in the championship, and I think he will get that. Yeah,
1: So yeah, I was was saying this to Greg earlier, and I put this in our chat, it's it's going to be really hard for a team and Greg mentioned some of the teams that make sense. Brighton's one of them. Uh, like for sure, maybe Villa, maybe Southampton's another one even leads, uh, to, it's going to be hard for them to, to walk away from a guy who right now, as it stands, Calum was like 10 goals and five assists and 21 appearances. That is absurd. Like, if you think about that, and again, some of them are penalties Well, of course, but given, Obviously, we're you know given the manager situation and given the overall setup of the team and the fact that Newcastle did not look like a competent attacking team until you know a couple matches before Callum Wilson got injured again. It it's gonna. I would be shocked if no one throws Callum Wilson a bone uh, this this season. Um, it was honestly, and but again, I, I I you know I could end up being shocked. I was shocked. Newcastle were you know one of the only teams that Callum that, that were interested in Callum, uh, so. I don't know. Uh, I'm with you. I would hope for it to happen, but I just feel like someone would have to throw him a bone. It's, I mean, 21 appearances, 10 goals, five assists. That's yeah. That's a lot. That's 54% of Newcastle's goals right now. So IDK, bro. IDK. That's all I had for that segment. Um, We can move on real quick.
0: Yeah. We'll just uh, do a quick uh, two more points before our break is Kyle Scott. If so y'all don't know, Kyle Scott, American midfielder, was signed to our youth academy. He is on trial at FC Cincinnati. He played over the weekend. Uh, uh, they won. They beat Chicago two to not, two to one in Florida. He played forty five minutes of that. He has a match with FC Cincinnati against Orlando City. On Wednesday, and then a match with FC Cincinnati against Minnesota United on Saturday. And then FC Cincinnati will be deciding whether or not they're going to be keeping Kyle Scott. Uh, so stay tuned on that. Uh, going to the international break. So I'll just give quick updates on each of the players. Uh, interesting note of Dubrovka, and we're going to get into this after our break because it might affect what happens on our match Sunday against Spurs. But Dubrovka played the first match, nil-nil draw, got a clean sheet, his first one in a while since 2019 for uh, for Slovakia. But uh, he has not been on the bench or the, in the squad at all since. And they're saying it's a stomach bug. Uh, so something to watch. He, he uh, They actually played – they beat Russia today, Slovakia, but uh, Dubrovka has not – he's not returned to England and has not been back. Uh, has not been in the squad at all stomach bug. Now the the signs are always going to point for that, but like for him to be completely omitted, like uh, but no, the good sign is no other players of Slovakia are out of the picture. So I don't think it's COVID because of that. Uh, but if it was like Dubrovka and then a few other players, there would be a huge concern, but something to watch for our Sunday match. We might not have Dubrovka depending on how he's feeling. Uh, Karen Clark and Jeff Hendrick.
1: Uh, do you have any comments on that? I was going to say again, it, it, it's unfortunate, but like Dubrovka being back in the first team has not really made much of a difference at as of now. Simply because again we've missed our three best players, which again I'll get into when we do Tottenham. But um, so I can't. I don't know. It's it's yeah. It, we'll just keep it moving.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Ireland. If you're an Irish magpie, I'm really sorry because uh, it's not going well for Ireland. They lost three to two to Serbia out uh, uh, Mitrovic Mitrovic had a brace against uh, Ireland and he by the way Mitrovic more goals than any other player in Serbian history in international competitions that's so impressive to uh, 39 uh, which is good for international uh, so Uh, I would, um, so Kieran Clark started that match and he got owned by Mitrovic. And then Jeff Hendrick came on as a sub in the 61st minute for that one. Then Ireland just continued the embarrassment and they lost to Luxembourg. Lost to Luxembourg in a World Cup qualifier. So the Serbia match was a World Cup qualifier they lost and they lost to Luxembourg and won nothing in a World Cup qualifier. Um, Clark again started that match. Hendrick again started on the bench um, and Hendrick watched it from the bench Uh, and Luxembourg scored in the 85th minute to beat Ireland. And then today they had a friendly against Qatar. Uh, Hendrick played that one, played, uh, he was subbed off right before the 90th minute uh, and they drew Qatar. They didn't even beat Qatar, (laughs) Uh, which they should be doing. So like uh, I think Ireland is now, Uh, 11 straight competitions with their new manager, zero wins. So, not not good. Typically, not good.
1: Uh, Hey, uh, not as bad as Netherlands. Well, we'll we'll uh, leave that alone. Look that up for yourself. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Netherlands just
0: pumped somebody seven nothing today. So,
1: but it's also they have Frank DeBoer. That was more of a joke. I know. (laughs) It's the boring Um, watching them. Huh? uh, Uh,
0: Scotland. Um, uh, Ryan Fraser made his debut in the World Cup qualifier in the last match. So he did not play in the first one against Austria where they drew 2-2. But he did get the goal against Israel. Uh, it was a little bit scary. Uh, he, But he was able to get the goal in the 50th minute. Uh, he's, he has two – in his last two appearances for Scotland, he scored goals. So good for Ryan Fraser. Jamal Lewis, uh, just Northern Ireland's not playing up to the par. They got absolutely smacked by the United States of America. It was only two to one, could have been five to one, six to one even, but Lewis came on as a sub and then they lost two nothing to Italy. Um, He was admitted from the squad in that match because apparently he has a groin injury. So something to watch for that. Um, um, Emil Kraft, For Sweden, um, he was unused sub against Kosovo, which they won 3-0. And he appeared for the final six minutes of their 1-0 win against Georgia. Uh, They're playing Estonia tomorrow. Uh, Or sorry, on on Wednesday. And then two more players to go. Oysen McKenty got called up for the Ireland U21s. Uh, he did not appear. He just remained on the bench for that one. And Elliot Anderson made his uh, debut for the U 19s in a training camp match against Arsenal 11.
1: Um, they beat Arsenal 11 6 to 1. Mm.
0: Uh, any thoughts on
1: any of that? Yeah. It, the Fraser thing is interesting uh, because he was like, all, oh, yeah, put the team on my back. Like, we got to, we got to secure safety. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, you're injured. Um, but also, like I don't know, I feel like there. were – I wouldn't say injury concerns with Ryan Fraser, but he started off, of course, this season being injured for a lot of the campaign. So it's uh, oh, like, just
0: kind of up to form on that one.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. It's I don't know, like you look back on this transfer window, and it's like, like a majority of the guys who we signed did not play like a lot, yeah. uh, and we knew that there were injury concerns with a lot of them. Fraser like legitimately did not play football for like four months. And so like he had to get up to speed, and then like even then he got injured, blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. Who so anyway? Um I'll have to say, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't done uh he hasn't done much for Newcastle so far. So no not a huge miss. Um more important that we get some of the other guys back. So he
0: hath not. Okay, we're gonna take a break. And then on the other side, we're going to preview our upcoming match against Spurs. Let's do it. We'll be back right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right. Newcastle. Spurs, we're gonna win. <laughs> let's talk about yeah, it. Truly.
1: Yeah, um, um,
0: yeah, so let's 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 dive in injuries first. Um, because we have some things to talk about. we just talked about it before the break, but um, Elijah, I always ask you to help me with picking who you think will be uh playing or will be in the starting lineup for Newcastle, and obviously Isaac Hayden. And Fabian chair will not be there. Uh, and maybe Callum, maybe Alan um, as both were in training, but then you have Martin Dubravka, Kieran Clark, Jeff Hendrick, Emil Croft, Jamal Lewis, and Ryan Frazier, all coming off of an international duty where the teams had to play three matches, which is usually way more of a workload than typical in international fixtures. So, if those players play, you're talking about four matches in about 10 days for those players. Um, so, and then Martin Dubrovka has a stomach bug. Uh, Jamal Lewis has a little groin issue. No, no idea the severity of that. <laughs> I'll leave it up to you. Good luck. Find out who's playing in this match. <laughs> yeah. Um... I, oh, and, and just on Spurs, it does look like Sun is going to be available. He's recovered and then uh Ben Davies and Matt Doherty are doubtful. Um but that's about it on the Spurs front. But so sorry for interrupting now the fortune. I,
1: I and Aurier as well. He's he's got a, a an illness. Um oh, Okay. Okay. And Reguon is out and Aldervald also an illness. So oh, two wow. players with, two players with illness um as of as of Tuesday. Again, a lot of this can change. I remember I want to say like last honestly one of the last times we did a preview <laughs> Uh we were like, Oh yeah, all these players are gonna be out, and then all of them actually played. So um uh yeah, so uh it's a tough one. Um, I definitely think Fraser is gonna be a doubt. Dubrovka, maybe not, but I also think everyone else who's available, like you have to play. Yep, <laughs> like you're you're at you're at a point where I it's like, like it's it's honestly like it's at a point where there's there's like You you run the risk of obviously getting re-injured, but you also like know that if you like every match that you don't play, it's just an opportunity for Newcastle to dig a bigger hole. And so you'd rather like try to give it your all for like the last ten matches or whatever of the season, and like trying to rehab over the summer, etc. Like you 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 put it all on the line for everything. Um, again, Ryan Fraser probably won't do that. He's not familiar with sacrificing so that his team can secure safety. That's not something he's familiar with, Um, but everyone else should, should, and probably will. Um, And that, that's important. Uh, So if we're looking at potential lineups, I think Newcastle are going to go with their four, four, two diamond or whatever the hell they want to call it. Um, With Lewis, that's probably the only one where it doesn't matter if he starts or not. I don't know if, if Newcastle have been particularly like much better with him uh, versus Paul Dummett. Um it's kind of been like both have been, you know, there. Uh so we'll go. Um, I'm assuming since it's a stomach bug, let's say Dubrovka's healthy, whatever. Dubrovka and goal. Um we'll go uh Fernandez and as the center backs, Manquillo and Lewis as your fullbacks. Um I think where it gets interesting is replacing Isaac Hayden. Uh it's weird because there's nothing you can really do, but in what we've seen from Newcastle so far is that They've put either Shelby or Hendrick as the base of the midfield when Hayden's not available to play in the midfield with Willock as well. So your midfield three would be uh, Hayden, not Hayden, sorry. It would be Shelby, Willock, and Hendrick, and with Miggy as a cam, uh, and Alan C. Maxman, Calum Wilson up top. In an ideal scenario, I think that's what we're going to get. Again, I know people will disagree with what I just said, especially regarding the midfield trio. Like, oh, why not Maddie? Why not Sean? Steve Bruce has shown already that he is valuing experience over anything else at this point. Um, there's been plenty of opportunity for him to play Maddie Longstaff or Sean Longstaff in that midfield trio. And to his credit, he has tried to play Sean Longstaff. It has not gone well. I, you know, arguably has not tried really his hardest to play Maddie Longstaff. But again, he is he's been very clear in the fact that like he is always going to lean on the side of Hendrick and Shelby and Willock because they have that Premier League experience. And so he values that more than pretty much anything else at this point. And again, not surprising yep. from Steve Bruce. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: it's 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 gonna be a tough one. Um, so let's let's talk about it. Okay, so we have this makeshift squad up. Like, is what, what, how can we win this
2: one?
1: Yeah. I mentioned this to Greg kind of off screen, but I was writing just a little quick article about just Alan T. Maxman and Calum Wilson returning to training. And again, it was light training. So don't get super excited uh, because that was light training. And because Newcastle have only, they're only going to train like three times in nine days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have no idea if they participate in full, if they're going to be available to like if they, if we see, I'm guessing probably tomorrow or when this podcast comes out, we'll have an updated sort of like training gallery. Cause I'm assuming I would be shocked if they don't train today, which I guess today being Wednesday. Um, but we'll, we'll see if they're full participants in training. Uh, but we have not, Newcastle have not won this season without Miguel Amaron. Or Alan T. Maxman or Callum Wilson making an appearance. Yeah. Uh, and so, of course, we've got Miggy back, which is good, and that's fine and dandy. Uh, but Callum Wilson has been present for six out of the seven wins. Alan T. Maxman, I think, is around the same. Actually, I think Callum has actually been present for all seven wins, and Allen Maxman is six out of the seven wins. So um, essentially, like our, Newcastle's best chance of winning is having those three available. So when you talk about how does Newcastle win this match or like what are their key success. It is literally that. It's just having them exist and play, and that's probably their best chance of winning. That's that's pretty much all I have to say about sort of Newcastle's chances in this. You kind of already know what Spurs are going to bring to the table. Like you know, Harry Kane is a beast. You know, Son is a beast. You know, all these guys give us problems. And Spurs, uh, I don't know. They they're in that they're in a, a a situation where they've played us already, and they didn't have some of their key players, and they were still able to do decent against newcastle so
0: yeah um
1: yeah it's it's going to be uh it's going to be a battle
0: for for newcastle for sure and like it gets to this point where like it doesn't matter who we're playing we have to get results from it and that's just that's just how it is so let's let's get into predictions shall we yeah This okay so uh, let's, let's dive in. So 538 first, before we really get into it, they are predicting a Newcastle loss. I don't think anybody's really surprised with that, but uh, Spurs with a 53% chance of winning, a 25% chance of a draw, and a 22% chance of a Newcastle uh, win, 22%. So uh, going into it,
1: Elijah, what do you got? Oh, man. Um, recently, Newcastle have been the king of draws. I do think that if you're able to get Calum Wilson and Alan C. Maxman back on the team, as awful as the Brighton experience was, uh, I think that like you kind of like there's definitely a bit of pep and step and like pep in the step of the team and a recognition that your best chances of survival are with those players. So there's going to be a general boost in morale, so I think Newcastle can squeak out a draw against a, a Spurs team that, Whoa. let's be honest, they, like, they've like they got stuff to play for, but they can lose focus easily. They're on a decent run of form as well. Um, so I don't know. I just have gut feeling, again, maybe like a 1-1 draw or something like that. Um, you just kind of hope that guys are rejuvenated with people returning. Now, I will say this. If we don't see Alan St. Maxman or Callum Wilson – this is a three, nothing loss. And you kind of just chalk this up and sort of hope that Newcastle can recover in the coming matches. Uh, but if, if those two can, can play and they're fine to go, sure. Why not? I could see Colin Wilson scoring goal. That's not out of the question. Um, he's able to do what we have not been able to do this season. He's a guy who can score goals with few chances. So sure. Why not? Yeah. And it's another guy to worry about. Like, let's be real. Part of the reason why Newcastle have won in those seven matches with all three of those guys playing is that you have to like for the first time all season defenses have to respect multiple Newcastle attackers, which when those guys aren't playing, they don't have to do. So so one of those three is bound to have a good game. I know in the Southampton match, like, Alex a. Maxman and Callum Wilson basically made it so that Miggy damn near had a hat trick. First, the second career hat trick. Um, so let's, uh, you know, hopefully that that happens again and we, we keep it moving.
0: Yeah. Um, so. I the the problem with Newcastle is they don't score enough goals. And mm-hmm. if you want to extract that extrapolate that even further, uh they don't take enough shots. Mm-hmm. So I do have one stat though. When Newcastle shoots the ball on that, they make a count. The last two shots on target for Newcastle United have been goals. Oh, that's despite a three nothing loss to Brighton. <laughs> um, and I think things go in threes. So the third shot on target Is going to be a goal for Newcastle United. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they will lose three to one.
1: Okay, well that's fine though. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. The Sun news kind of freaks me out because Sun is a player that like he he, destroys us, and none of our wingbacks can guard him at all. Like it's just like he any like if he doesn't play. That's like, all right, cool, 1-1. Imagine a meal craft. Because because the, the thing is, we've been able to mark other players out of the game completely. Like, we've marked Harry Kane out of the game. We've marked Deli Ali, even though RIP doesn't really play for them anymore. Like, yeah. other guys we've marked completely out of the game and, and eliminated their threat. But Son is a guy who, like, we just cannot figure him out. And for, I mean, again, that's, uh, that's nothing against Newcastle. I would say, like, 60% of Premier League teams, 60% of the teams in the world – actually more like 90% of the teams in the world could not figure out Hungman's son. Like, yeah. he is that good. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. That makes sense. I, I yeah. can see that.
0: All right. Well, you got anything else, Elijah? No. All right. Well, we're going to conclude this one. Um, that's going to end it for episode 171 of CHN Radio. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Let's get three points, y'all. Mm, come on now. Uh We'll talk to you soon. We'll, everybody have a great week and hoi the lads. Love you
2: guys. It's cold up there in summer. It's like sitting inside a fridge. But I wish I was on the case side Looking at the old-time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day I'll need For a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park If the gala end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jodyland. land People think we're forty and we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't not had a toughest rough I'm coming home Newcastle, you can keep your London wine i will walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home Newcastle, I wish I'd never been a away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, we we I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before And I love the Jody heroes There's so many famous names like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the gates at games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd work the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dogs in James's Park at the Gallagher end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine Walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of the River wine. I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me I seen anyhow weird. I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again Ray of the dog is in James's park with the gallery's end in the rear, I'm coming home.